We're making lower emission vehicles our priority. Reusable packaging, our priority. And carbon capture research to offset emissions, our priority. Because Earth is our priority. At FedEx, we know sustainability means a lot to you. And we feel the same way. Our goal is to be carbon neutral by 2040. We call it Priority Earth. FedEx, where now meets next. And it it's it fits and does well in the cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. However, my problem with Captain America: Civil War is that they used they used the title Civil War, and it very it like very l- loosely resembles the Civil War storyline in the comics. Gotcha. So like my issue is more like missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to Inconceivable. I'm William, and joining me today is Alex, Wesley, and Gordon. Hello. Good evening. It's weird not introducing myself. Yeah, it thanks, is. William. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> well, you take away this one we, thing we, that I have. We've been kind of doing it back and forth on the spoiler cast. We've just been kind of introducing ourselves, and then on the topical <laughs> ones, we're just kind of doing it around and introducing I, ourselves as other people. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, if you haven't listened to our John Wick three spoiler cast, no spoilers here for that. But at the beginning, I literally just said, "Hi, I'm Wesley," and it did not hit me till I like just, five seconds. I just and looked just, at you for like yeah. yeah. It was it was an awkward silence. I'm for like, like seconds. Oh, are you? Yeah. You asked me yesterday. If you kept it in, I was like, yeah, man, I didn't do any second take. That's just it, how it is. <laughs> Keep it real here. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, we have a couple of announcements to make. Um, first off, we have a new show that we're going to be testing out very soon. Um, hopefully this Friday, we'll be releasing the pilot episode of a new show called The Geek Kind Show, which is going to be a weekly news roundup show. Um, and, and it'll be really cool because it'll actually be the last element of the OG um, inconceivable style thing where we've broken down the reviews for movies and that's now spoiler cast section uh, our topical thing is what you're listening to right now is our normal episode of inconceivable and the more news and recap stuff which typically been the more shorter and weaker elements to the segments of inconceivable are now getting their own show called the geek kind show which will be a more video focused uh youtube friendly show to like 15 to uh, 10 to 15 minutes and just going a quick uh, run through all the fun pop culture news that's been going on in the past week um, and the pilot will be focusing on this week's news however um, it will stop there we'll be collecting feedback and information and then uh, we are looking to August to actually start the weekly releases of those things but we're really excited um, uh, to work on that um, and we're calling it the Geek Kind Show because it's going to be a nice roundup of stuff that's going on and then also a way uh, a good place for us to talk to you about announcements rather than having it on a podcast where someone might miss it so yeah, oh, excited about that, and that'll be coming this so Friday. So basically, that's like our hub show. Yeah, yeah, and that's why we went with the name The Geek Kind yeah. Show. Yeah, it's kind of like our central point. So, cool. yeah, and then we can reference the points that, hey, if you like this news thing, go to this podcast where we talked about it more in depth. So mm-hmm. we hope to redirect you into points of interest. Um, second news is a bit of a downer, but Wesley, I mean, it's not really a downer because it's a good thing. Wesley has recently gotten engaged, but that also means that he is moving to Texas. 
Yes. Which is very far from here. (laughs) We are based in New Hampshire, so that is uh, more than halfway across the country. Yeah, it's literally moving halfway across the country. So, unfortunately, as far as Inconceivable is concerned, his appearances will be very limited, unless if we can snag him on his occasional visits. (laughs) I was going to say, like, who knows what the future holds, but as far as we know, this will be my last in-studio appearance. Um, However, um, when we keep when we do all our podcasts, we like to have everything in person. We think that it provides a much mm-hmm. higher quality podcast. But for the Geek Kind show, there's going to be an element that could possibly involve some interviews with in-house Geek Kind uh, staff, and that could be an opportunity for you to sneak in some uh, showings. So yeah, especially if you know Superman comes back. Or oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I can talk about anything that, DC yeah. was snagging you up right away. Yeah. So Batman. Wesley, it's not going away forever, but he will definitely be more limited in appearances. But yes. yeah. So congrats for getting married and thank stuff. you. <laughs> yeah. And now like I say, with that said, I will I will lead us. Yes, because in, in honor of this being Wesley's last inconceivable episode, he's gonna be leading today's topic. So Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really intimidating. No. <laughs> it's a collective this conversation. This is your last yeah. one. Okay, we'll, take we'll it say, away. We'll say spearheading. Spearheading. Yeah. I like we're that. All, we're all on the same pirate <laughs> ship, but you're the one that's just steering it and yelling the commands, you know? Cool. Like a okay. captain. Yeah. I was, uh, oh, captain. Aye, aye, lady. All right, so, okay. yeah, so w- the topic I was thinking of that I thought was really interesting was uh, what are our expectations? Wait, did we come up? Did we come up with a consensus? consensus on how that word is pronounced? Uh, adaptation. Adaptations. Adaptations. What are our expectations for adaptations? Mm-hmm. Wow, that rhymes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like what makes, so a question for you guys to start off with is what to you, what makes or breaks a adaptation of your favorite thing into another form of media? Mm. So like maybe a book into a movie or a, or a um a video a, game or a video game into you know a movie or a comic into a movie you know I think um it is kind of like an odd place to start but I think it is actually the most important uh, even though it is more vague but I think that the spirit and feeling should be matching mm-hmm. because yeah. for instance if you have something uh, we just recently had uh, the te- de- detective Pikachu movie coming out if that movie wasn't having some sort of fun and childish elements to it, it wouldn't feel right. If that mm-hmm. was a dark, gritty movie, it just it wouldn't make sense. And you could have that movie be the highest quality movie ever, but it just doesn't feel like it belongs in that. And I think that yeah. that feeling of the same feeling that you got from whatever original source that you got this content from should be the same feelings that you get from mm-hmm. the movie version of it. Yeah. I think uh, jumping off of that, um, you were saying like it is it is kind of like a, a vague yeah. kind of answer. Like it was going to be my answer too, like the spirit of the thing. But I think the the main thing that you really want to get out of it is you want the feeling that the people who are making it both understand the property that they're dealing with and they uh, appreciate it as much as you do. Mm-hmm. So like that, like if they can, regardless of whether or not they like fully capture it or like the the quality of the movie, because like quality is also like a huge factor in whether or not it's satisfying. Yeah. Um, like it, if they, if you f- get the feeling that they understand it, I think that goes a long way to being a, a satisfactory adaptation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I think one of the more important things for me is it's related to what you guys are talking about. um, But like 
if the characters have to be recognizable to me. Mm, that's um, a good one. Like yeah. in, in in any way, they just I have to be able to recognize. It doesn't necessarily have to be looks or whatever. I just have to be able to like, oh, okay, I definitely know that that's supposed to be that person. Yeah. Like this is a touchstone aspect of this character yeah. that I can latch onto that reminds me like who this person is. Yeah. Mm. Like, for instance, if Harry Potter didn't have a scar, that would seem yeah. kind of weird. Or you glasses. Know? Yeah. <laughs> one, or one, blue eyes. One wow. bad example for me, honestly, <laughs> is I don't know what they're trying to do with Zendaya's character in the new Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Like, she's called MJ. I don't know if she's actually supposed to be Mary Jane or if that's or a call. Or just a new character or to call out. If, or if it's a callback. Yeah. But I can tell you one thing. She's not recognizable in any way whatsoever to the original, like, to Mary Jane. So, mm-hmm. like... It better just be a callback. That's so that's like a bad example. For even me. A, even though she's kind of like Mary Jane was always the one to kind of like push Peter. Yeah. Like um, she never. She was the one who was always like wasn't gonna deal with. She's whatever. strong-willed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But she was also so, like, really popular, which is a total paradigm shift from yeah, her character. That's yeah, right. We also did that with uh, what was his name Flash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Eugene, I guess. He's a complete nerd in the new series, so yeah. he yeah. used to be like an actual bully. <laughs> yeah, like, like a jock. No, he's just a verbal bully or something. It's like, <laughs> dude. Well, I mean, that's also that's also uh, kind of a, a reflection of what kind of school he's going to. Like, he's not that's just... Fair. He's going to, like, a prep school. Yeah. He's not going to, like, your standard, like... Mm-hmm. In the Bronx, yeah, like inner city. I get that kind of high yeah. school. What about you? Uh, uh, I would say that for me, the thing that I appreciate the most for adaptations is accuracy. I'd say, like, like you said, like you want to be able to recognize the characters. I also, they're able to take liberties when it comes to um, putting using different things or having different characters say different things, or, or that someone else said in the story or the book. Um, but I, I don't want them to change it too much where it's unrecognizable, mm-hmm. as you say, but not just the characters, the story as well, where they start to put in different elements that don't really fit with what we were like expecting or what the book has. Yeah. So, for example, um, uh, like the third Narnia movie, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, yeah. um, they had to add, add in a little bit of different elements and story plot lines that didn't really work well, but they... Like they they were there as a plot device to try and help the story to go on, because um, the book isn't exactly you know a, like a page turner very yeah. much. Um, it's just like a series of small things that happens, but it it just changed the whole story so much that it wasn't recognizable to people who are fans of the books. Right. So so it did lose the spirit. Of the yeah, it lost the spirit. And they, they sort of did that with the second movie in the, in the series, just a little bit, but it wasn't so much so that you didn't recognize the story. Right, like it was it. still recognizably mm. uh, yeah. Prince, Prince Caspian. Prince Caspian, yeah. Yeah, I think, because I'm, I'm one of those people that is usually more excited about adaptations than most people are. Like, mm-hmm. I like to see, it's it's really intriguing to me to see how something I love might be translated in, in a different way, or might, like, how would you, like, reimagine that? So, like, I'm more okay with liberties, but like we've been talking about, it still has to, it still has to feel, in, at least in some way, like it's, like it's the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that you made me think of which I'm sure is an adaptation that several people are disappointed with is how The Hobbit really just like I just wrote it down for you yeah (laughs) Yeah. I was just thinking like when you were saying about extending like 
I, I get that there is sometimes where you need to extend something for a movie's sake where there just is enough content, and then there's something like Hobbit, which seems like a borderline cash grab, if you, not a complete. Yeah, no, cash it was grab. a complete grab. Usually, you have to boil things down when you're adapting a book. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like, what they did with the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. but with the but Hobbit, with the they're Hobbit, just like stretching it out. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Do you think you'd be able to tell uh, the entire Hobbit book in a like faithfully adapt? It into a single movie. In a three-hour movie, well, maybe. Wasn't it supposed to originally be two movies? Yeah, and two movies, movies yeah. felt right. I think that would have been fine. Yeah, but three yeah. movies was a lot. Yeah, I had a lot of other issues with The Hobbit, though. I, I didn't feel like it felt enough like Middle Earth. That was also like production problems yeah. with the studios and mm-hmm. such. I mean, uh, in fairness, the I think uh, a lot of the criticisms of the Hobbit movies is that it doesn't feel like Lord of the Rings, but and it's uh, supposed to be Hobbit, a tone. Yeah, it is supposed to be a lighter tone because the book is very different from the Lord of the Rings. It itself. wasn't the Hobbit written before Lord I of the Rings. I believe it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. And they actually changed the ending of The Hobbit to fit with Lord of the Rings after it was initially released. Well, they changed, they rewrote they, they re- portions wrote, of it. Yeah, yeah, um, in the middle with uh, Gollum and such. I feel like, yeah. honestly, from a movie maker's perspective, it might have been easier to make The Hobbit first, because it's always easier to go from a lighter tone to a darker tone. In fact, that's a usual course that we see for movies. Yeah. Uh, think of um, the anime, My Hero Academia. Starts mm. off very like cheerful, and a lot of school-based <laughs> stuff Ruby starts off that way. Oh like, yeah, Harry, oh Ruby, Ruby, yeah. Harry Potter. Again, like a lot of schools, like school settings, start out with a very happy, cheerful, and playful mm-hmm. kind of environment. And then there's an evil guy who wants to take over things. Yeah, and, and then it kind of like makes it all serious. You <laughs> never know? fails. Yeah, like why does this keep happening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think we, you guys feel like we've set the standard sort of for yeah. what we expect, what we think we expect out of an adaptation. Adaptation. So, with that said, what are like, what are some of the the first like good or bad adaptations that come to mind? I'm at a list. Do you have like a grudge against I, one? I, I, like, oh man, really I have a serious one. And you I've, got a bone to pick with this one? <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I've mentioned it before, but I don't know if I've gone, I don't know how far in depth I've gone on podcasts. It certainly hasn't been recently. Um, but Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Uh, I say the Lightning Thief specifically because honestly, it was so atrocious that I never want to see the second one, ever. Mm-hmm. I just don't care. And if you Wait. don't know about the books, that's okay. Um, these books came out in the hype of Harry Potter and Hunger Games with those very like tre- teen drama type books when those were on the rage and I was totally into it I was I mean besides Twilight I loved all those books mm-hmm. there were all, I found I read Harry Potter I read um, Hunger Games and I read the Percy Jackson series and the Percy Jackson series was really cool and I know one thing that you appreciate I is love Greek all mythology its, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was really I love that aspect of it and just a really nice integration of like mythology history with a really cool and dramatic story with all the things that you expect from a teen drama mm-hmm. um, and they had a really good use of those mythologies characters within how they interacted with their stories and how it impacted in this world mm-hmm. um, and when the movie came along it was no surprise it was only a matter of time and I was really excited however one thing that they really didn't talk about until you saw the movie and it's only because you didn't realize it until watching the movie is that when the movie's over you realized that this was not going to be a series that this was the only movie that they were making the Percy Jackson books three or four books turned out I don't know I think there are five or six five or six now? Oh. well from the in the original series I think it's five or six okay mm. either way 
definitely not one movie. And they weren't trying to recap the entire saga of mm-hmm. Percy Jackson. Just They said specifically the lightning feet, just as Harry Potter did with uh, the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it wasn't until about the third act that you realize this movie was going from bad to worse. Because first off, the acting was very subpar. Mm-hmm. It wasn't horrific, but it just definitely wasn't hit. When we're talking about accuracy and about characters being familiar, this one also really missed the mark. Uh, besides Percy Jackson, a lot of the characters just didn't seem like how they should have been mm-hmm. comparatively into the movies. They didn't do a bad job with the character designs. It's just like, it's like they had to tell you and make it obvious that this is that character. Otherwise, if you just saw the character, you wouldn't have really known. You know, so that was really disappointing. Um, and I mean, I'll probably say small spoilers because um, this movie came out ages ago, um, and it's only the first one. Um, but basically, they left out um, a specific um, mythology god who is responsible for basically being the bad villain at the end of this movie that you find out, and he was also the plot device that drives the second story. That person does not exist in the movie, period. (laughs) And that drives me insane. That's like having Harry Potter without Voldemort. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, can you imagine, like, the Sorcerer's Stone being rewritten? And instead of that, imagine if it was just Quill. There was no Voldemort. And they beat Quill, and that was it. And then Hogwarts was just normal from there on in. Like, that's basically what they were doing. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like, I I could not believe it. It's like, they just, they, they ruined any potential for their being... But then they went and made a second movie anyway. Yes! <laughs> and it wasn't right after. They waited like three or four years, and they're like, you know what? We changed our mind. We're gonna make more of them. It's like, but how? Because there's nothing... You already you ruined pick- it! Yeah. There's nothing for you to pick up. And I'm sure they retroconned it somehow, um, but like... I was so furious from the first movie and how they disrespected the story. I get that you can mess up and just miss the mark on adaptations, but this was a clear where we want to we don't want the commitment of doing a series. We don't want to have to sign these expensive mm-hmm. contracts that last over multiple movies. It was kind of before the era of like, like committing to like long series. Like, no, a lot like, of them was going on. This well, was I mean, like, dur- this is the middle of Harry Potter, the middle true. of Twilight, even, and Hunger true. Games was starting to ramp up now. So like, they knew that there was money in this. This mm-hmm. was the thing right now, and they decided they decided that they didn't want to invest the money or the time that's involved okay, with the multi. Yeah. So in series. that case, I don't understand why they didn't just like commit to, to yeah. begin with. It's it's the only one of those types of movies to ever try to do that. Like even um, what was the other one that I'm thinking of? Um, the one with the Maze Maze Runner. Yeah, Maze Runner. It, yeah, even the Maze Runner d- committed to finishing it off, even though they had troubles. Yeah, well, it, again, that's the thing is that what I find is that sometimes they'll start off decent or or really good with these series and then they'll feel the need to change it more and more over time to the point where it doesn't make any sense at all um i admit that i haven't read all the books to certain series that i have on my list but i've also heard from other people that they don't represent they don't um resemble the stories from the books mm-hmm. in like basically any way so I was, for one example like Divergent I watched the first movie and then apparently the second movie didn't make any sense or make much sense they changed a lot of stuff and then the third movie was absolutely horrendous and then there's like production problems where they were going to make a TV mm-hmm. show for some reason and then all the cast was just like yeah no we don't we don't want to do that And but also with the Maze Runner they 
they left out some key elements that made it much more interesting in the books in the first movie mm -hmm. and then the it just did like I would watch the trailers for the second and third movie and I had read the books and I would think I don't know what's happening. This doesn't resemble it at all. It looks like they're doing a heist movie in the third movie, or, or a heist scene, and that was never in the third book at all. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it, again, like you, you gotta have it resemble in some way what the story originally was and not just have the names of the characters from the books. One thing I also wanna like finish off with for Percy Jackson, um, again, we're talking about Harry Potter because I think they're very similar in a, in a way. Um, but you know how one of the best parts of Harry Potter when you're starting out is learning about Hogwarts and being exposed to that whimsical world. And it isn't until you get really saturated in that where they, until they start bringing up the serious tones. And they even kind of, I'm, I'm talking about the first movie, but they kind of also extend that with the series as a whole. They mm. kind of let the, the whimsical stuff seep in for two and a half movies before they really get like dark for like permanent sake for the mm -hmm. whole series. Um, and that was one of the biggest things I was looking forward to was seeing this really cool, I think it was Camp Half-Blood is what it was called, which yeah. is their version of Hogwarts basically. That really cool thing where you learn about this entire world and it's, it's a great world building moment and yeah. it's really fun. It's really fun. That moment in the movie was about five minutes. Like five minutes of runtime is like all they gave it. I may be exaggerating a little bit, but tops ten minutes. It's like exposition. Yeah, it was so little, like so so little, and so it really hurt character building. It really hurt world building because this is where Percy finds his best buddies and where they really start to bond and why they're going off of this adventure to find out this whole thing about the lightning thief. Without that, you just don't feel this bond to the characters or the bond with Percy and to these characters. Like, it's just so rushed, and you're missing one of the best parts of the books, because even though plot-wise it isn't as important, feel-wise and spirit-wise, it's one of the most important part. Like, can you imagine Harry Potter without Hogwarts? Like, it just doesn't... It, you just wouldn't be invested in the world without mm -hmm. it. So it's like, them skipping over that, essentially, to me, was super insulting. You know, and from that point on, I was very resentful about the movie, and they just continued to butcher more and more things yeah. about it. So that's all I got to, to say about that. To be fair, I, I, again, I haven't read all the Percy Jackson books, but a lot of the time what what happens in those stories is outside of Camp Half-Blood. And with yeah. the Harry Potter uh, books and movies, a lot of it focused on what them being at the school, at yeah. least for the first several movies. Okay. Yeah, up until Order of the Phoenix, the majority of uh, the adventures happen in and around Hogwarts, yeah. uh, I think. And that's a fair part, but even though they're at Hogwarts, they stop exploring the nuances of Hogwarts and more of the plot-heavy aspects that involving just happens to be involving at Hogwarts, where in the first movie they could do a good deal of just taking you as a viewer with Harry and learning about Hogwarts and how it works as a school they show you sorting into the houses and all that you know they stop doing that after the second movie you know they don't show you the the, the sorting hat yeah. yeah they don't do that after that and you know you just everything is implied about the school you know everything about the school we don't need to show you everything about the school again you know mm -hmm. but they do a lot of that in the first movie specifically to really get you familiarized with everything in there and they just don't even establish that yeah Percy Jackson and that's just insulting to me because that's one of the best that was one of the best moments of reading the books was just in visualizing this world with the character because that's a great moment when you have a yeah. character that doesn't know an environment and you take the viewer with that character and you learn together. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a perfect pairing that we see all the time in movies. You yeah. Know? Just to keep us moving. Yeah. So, Alex, what is your, do you have one that like stands out? 
for a really, really, really bad? bad yeah, an adaption. Oh, dude. You like stop. to wave your fist like in the what, air. What insults you the most? Here's the thing is that I don't particularly watch adapta- adaptations that I know for a fact are bad. <laughs> Especially well, like, it doesn't even have to be bad because like the ones I have in mind aren't actually bad movies. They're good movies. Okay. But I disagree with, yeah, so it can be that too. I would say that mine was actually a bad movie yeah, on top of being a bad adaptation. Williams were actually bad movies. <laughs> a couple movies that I can think of is uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a, I just that's had to watch the, the trailer and know for a fact that it was all wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and also uh, Aragon. You know, yeah, that like, was really disappointing. I didn't even finish the book. I think I got halfway through, and then I watched the movie, I'm, and I was thinking to myself, but this is already yeah. garbage. You know, it's so, so, so bad. Mm. That was really disappointing. I remember there being a lot of hype for that movie, and a lot of hardcore fans, and I remember hearing a, just outrage. It looked like they had a great cast, too. I mean, you had Jeremy Irons. That's yeah, pretty good. Jeremy pretty Irons. Good. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that one... Unlike the Avatar movie, where you, saw, you, saw, you said you saw the trailer and you're like, oh, it's going to be bad. People saw Aragon and were like, this is going to be great, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, with, you just have to hear them say the names in the Avatar movie and already realize, oh, they're not even <laughs> saying it right. Yeah. You know? Like, what and is like, this? Like, how come on? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I understand not that. What about you? Yeah. Mine, so I know these are going to be controversial, so hear me out mm-hmm. like real quick because mm-hmm. I think I'm alone. I, I think this. I'm alone on both of these. I have mm-hmm. two big examples. So so first of all, um, Captain America Civil War called it. Is, is, I admit, is a good movie. It's entertaining, and it, it's, it fits and does well in the cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. However, my problem with Captain America Civil War is that they used... They used the title Civil War, and it very, it like, very l- loosely resembles the Civil War storyline in the comics. Gotcha. So, like, my issue is more, like, missed opportunity. Because, mm. like, so many of the more interesting Civil War storylines, they either didn't do or couldn't do because they didn't have the characters. Um, yeah. So I just think there's a lot of missed opportunity there. And the Civil War happens over the... Like a lot of things in the cinematic universe, it happens over like a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Age of Ultron. It, yeah. It doesn't Today. have the impact it's supposed to, and it like it didn't include as... Just a lot of missed opportunity, I think. No, I definitely agree with you on that, because yeah. I enjoyed the movie. Um, but when you've read the comic, it's just... Mm-hmm. That's so much better, honestly. And I yeah. know that they couldn't have adapted that because there were so many characters that they didn't have the rights to or they hadn't actually put into the universe and mm-hmm. it would have been it probably would have felt bloated and people wouldn't understand half the things that was yeah. going on so like honestly Civil War should have been its own couple of movies probably its own phase to I be honest been. with you it should have been its own phase I would have been fine with that actually pretty, yeah. yeah that would have been cool yeah yeah so my second one is Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I know that's really controversial. <laughs> my my main problem with it is um, for certain characters, I think it's more important that they look just like the character um, because it like it like is seamless with their personality and that's like fair. why they got their name in the first place. So one of the reasons Wolverine got his name in the first place was because he was a small and big guy. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman might be big, but he's nowhere near small. Um, but my like my main problem is that 
Hugh Jackman's Wolverine starts out in like the same place as the comic book Wolverine, but then they take like two radically different paths. Yeah. As the way they develop Hugh Jackman's Wolverine really doesn't resemble much of the way they develop. What did you Wolverine think of? Um, what was your thoughts on um, the last Wolverine movie? Logan. Logan. Yes. I liked. Um, I liked Logan. I think my only problem with him in that movie would have just been the way he like just that he's. I don't think he's the right build. Okay, it, it was. It like didn't have anything character-wise. It was character much more was true good. form. It was much more true. I think. I think Wolverine was the most true to his comic book counterpart in like the first X Men movie and mm-hmm. and Logan. So like That's the fair. book ends really, mm-hmm. and then he's like just all over the place in the middle for me. But a legitimately good actor. And the character was good. It's just hard for me to recognize him as the Wolverine that I like. And dismissing the first two Wolverine-specific movies, good movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. In both cases, I think they're good movies and good characters. They're just, if you're trying to make an accurate adaptation, I think they fell, yeah, fell that's in that fair. one. Yeah. yeah. And I think one of the downsides uh, to being, I think especially a comic book fan, is the movies are never going to live up to your expectations of the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think th- this is something that I've noticed going to see the Marvel movies is like, if you're not super familiar with the movies, you can enjoy them and have no yeah. problem with like most of the choices that yeah. they're making. And like you can take it on its own merits. Mm-hmm. But if you read the comic books, especially the MCU, it's going to be really disappointing because it's not fulfilling the expectations that you've already been set up with. Yeah. I think with mar- like comic books, though, your expectations for that can be pretty much impossible to fulfill, mm-hmm. just because there's so much content and there's mm-hmm. like e- there's thousands of comics worth of stories that all sort of combine together, or they Decades start of over. History. Yeah, exactly. And then you you expect them to put that all into like a couple hours of movie time. Yeah, yeah, that's not gonna happen. That, that's why that's why mine were mostly about characters and less about movies because mm-hmm. I think that's more obtainable. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. When it comes to books specifically, um, books are a much more personal experience because mm-hmm. you're typically in the head of the main character. Yep. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of the ways that a book is written simply cannot be translated into a movie. You're not mm-hmm. going to hear inner monologues of the person all the time. There are some movies which include some inner monologue, maybe in the beginning and the end of the movie. Uh, recent example I can think of is uh, Ready Player One. Yeah. Um, but that's just not going to be persistent <laughs> throughout the entire... Alex yeah. cringed a little bit for those of you who can't see I knew it. I was missing something. <laughs> <laughs> as he whipped out his pen as soon as I said that and put it on yeah. his naughty list. <laughs> I, I think, no, I think that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you're never... Yeah, regarding like feels and stuff like that, that can be one of the obstacles when creating movies that some of that emotion... Like, I think a good example um, of capturing from thoughts to um, to like the movie version of it was Hunger Games, you mm-hmm. know, because which is really impressive and is really thanks to Jennifer Lawrence for yeah. being an amazing actress who can show a lot of emotion very flatly. Unlike Kristen Stewart trying to do the same type <laughs> of character obnoxious. but then just came off as flat with mm-hmm. no emotion behind. Yeah. But Jennifer Lawrence was able to do something very hard which is show emotion behind an emotionless face. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's something that is easy to capture in books but not in movies. Right. You know, that's solely due to the performance of the actor or actress. And that's something that was achieved 
beautifully in the Hunger Games, which is important. And I think uh, specifically about the first Hunger Games, say what you will about the uh, camera, yeah, the the camera, work, yeah. The camera, uh. camera work in that movie. Uh, the director, I think, deserves a shout out for mm-hmm. doing a, a basically a spot on adaptation of that book because of the Hunger Games of the first Hunger Games. I thought that was like, a really um, good movie. I, thought it was I think close. it's I think it's one of the more solid like YA uh, yeah. you know uh, yeah. book adaptations that I've seen. In a, and I would say the whole series was a fantastic adaptation. I think this was also one of the few cases that splitting off the ending um, book into two movies made sense. Yeah. It really allowed it to breathe and capture more of that intensity that the movie had successfully built up, mm-hmm. you know? I wasn't nearly as hyped for the last couple of movies, but then again, the third book wasn't exactly my favorite yeah, either. Yeah, either. But uh, it was difficult. They also left a couple things out of um, the first movie that there were things that in the book absolutely terrified me, but it, it just like just watching it in the movie, I was like, oh, they changed it enough so yeah. it didn't really scare me. Like uh, if you guys remember when they're being chased by the dogs in the mm-hmm. end, they're supposed to resemble the other tributes that yeah. died before them, and in this one it was just like mutts. I, I think. think it's because the rating maybe a rating, perhaps. Yeah, like I think uh, the the Hunger Games books, if you were to uh, adapt them like one hundred percent. Uh, you wouldn't be able to get a PG-13 rating or it would be very difficult to do that. Um, I think it might also have been a budgetary concern because of modeling and Mm -hmm. making sure that people like... like, Because in in the books, like like you were saying, you have an inner monologue. So you can have a... uh, the perception of the character just like written out. Yeah. Whereas in the movie, if you just have these dogs that have like longer hair for longer haired characters with blonde and like the same color eyes as the characters that have died like that's I don't think that's something that translates particularly yeah, well yeah because you have to catch that with your eye watching it instead of having explained for you right yeah. I suppose so. um, and, and like then you're that's throwing really in really unsettling though I've never <laughs> heard of that I've just <laughs> really yeah I've never heard about the, 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 that particular I was reading part it at night too so I was just like oh, oh yeah, okay. that, yeah. That, that's one of there's the things there's some very intense scenes in there's some books. really unsettling uh, aspects of the books that don't quite make it into the movie, yeah. but yeah. I and think I would, overall, it's so a solid. I, have I, we have we already discussed? Did, did your, you see your worst one yet? Yeah, I was wondering. Uh, I would I would agree with Aragon. I remember being okay. disappointed with that. Um, did you actually see it? I did see it. Okay. Um, you know, I agree with uh, a bunch of the ones that have been brought up so far. Um, I think we're probably going to transition into the ones we like. Yeah, we, yeah, we still got to cover those. Uh, so the one that I'm going to say is probably uh, the Mortal Instruments series. Oh, I have it on there. Sorry. Uh, so that's like another YA uh, novel series that uh, is like urban fantasy. Like they're and it has it has a lot to do with the mythology. Like more. Uh, like biblical mythology mm-hmm. like a lot more of the angels and the demons and like all that sort of thing and they tie in like vampires and werewolves and oh, cool. uh, and you have this uh, group of like angel descended uh, humans that fight demons and like keep the keep the mundane people safe <laughs> right um, and so Muggles. you have this movie come out uh, that's you know supposed to be the the beginning of the the series like the first book um and like i think they did a a fairly passable job of it but they just missed it by like mm. they like they just fell short um and unfortunately it doesn't have the clout like the series doesn't have the the overall interest 
in it that they kind of needed for the movies to be successful yeah. so they could have built on it uh, into like a further movie series um, but it is actually they turned it into a TV show instead oh, which was worse okay. was it worse? I watched the <laughs> well, first episode oof. and yes they had more time to tell the story but everything it looked like there was just these modern day kids in this like high tech lab doing different things mm-hmm. and it just it looked so so bad so uh, again it comes back to like losing the spirit of the thing so that would be your bad examples, Mortal that Instruments. That would be uh, okay. a bad example. Yeah. Well, okay. they also just changed the entire design of the of the villain. Like at first, he was like the sort of proper guy, wears a suit, has gray hair. Mm-hmm. He's very like, he, very very put together. Very yeah, sophisticated. He, he, he's posh. But yeah. it, in the movie, he's like this goth emo guy with his shirt open, wearing like he's, leather. He's like a, a demon blood crack fiend. Yeah, I was oh, just like, <laughs> I don't care about this guy at all. So. Now we can we can transition to like what do you what's your like favorite right. adaption? And why don't, why don't you start since I start? Yeah, we can go back around this Ooh, one. Favorite uh, adaption? I mean, I think it's gonna have to be Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Really? yeah. Um, you know, uh, we were watching that from a young age too. That's so. that's fair. And mm-hmm. there, I wouldn't even know about it without you guys. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> there there are a lot like there's a, a very special place in my heart for the Lord of the Rings novels, um, and. There are, you know, some legitimate gripes about the movies, like changing things, taking characters out. Um, but overall, I think they're probably one of the better adaptations that have been made into a movie series. Um, you know, Hobbit movies aside, but like the original uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, I think does a really like fantastic job of not necessarily uh, putting in everything in chronological order and like having a like a, a word for word adaptation, but definitely like latching onto the spirit of the thing and carrying it through to completion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in terms of not only uh, you know going for the story aspect and the characters and like having everything uh, make sense from that perspective but the production value of the Lord of the Rings can't be understated and, that, and that's yeah. a, or overstated rather and and that's another thing that I think uh, kind of is a detriment to a lot of these adaptations is I think a lot of the books would be better suited to TV shows mm-hmm. and we've seen ways that that can go wrong uh, you know Mortal Instruments, I think uh, Shannara Chronicles is probably another example. Um, I didn't even read the books, but the story for this TV show is just like... Yeah, so I mean, we've heard a lot of, I mean, good and bad things right. um, about Game of Thrones and how that's that's been both one of the best and worst, ironically, adaptations of a book into TV series. It's also hard when the book series hasn't ended yet. Yeah, yeah. they don't actually have the last book, so, so they have to just sort of go with I it. I think that's one of the biggest gripes about it. Yeah, I think well, if it had been a completed series, uh, the narr- the kind of the narrative surrounding it would be completely different. Do you want to go? I'm going to pass real quick because I'm still thinking about mine. Okay. But... Uh, I'd have to agree with Gordon on The Lord of the Rings just because it has a very near and dear spot in my heart. And uh, again, the characters, for the most part, resemble the characters in the books. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them have different um, uh, things that they're going after or searching for or different personalities sometimes. Um, like uh, Aragorn is not pursuing the kingship in the movies as like he, he is in the he books. He doesn't want it initially, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Faramir... Uh, 
didn't want the ring in, in the books. In the books, he he was just not interested in the ring yeah. at all. He uh, he let the hobbits go right away, basically. But Pretty close. Um, I think uh, uh, the changes that they made in the Lord of the Rings make sense from a narrative perspective, mm-hmm. even if it's not necessarily completely faithful to yeah. the book. Yeah, but the characters were like that's still Aragorn. He's still a noble person. You can see like there's more to him than meets the eye. Like I think this, I think it was a. Uh, Frodo, who said, um, I think a servant of the en- enemy would look fairer and feel fouler. Yeah. And then Mary says, he's foul enough to me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can't judge a book by its cover, but there's more to a lot of these characters than meets the eye, and I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, Do you have another one? I really like the Harry Potter uh, books and movies. Um, yeah, I, I think, again, they, they edited a lot and changed a lot of things especially in the fourth book which I know a lot of people had a gripe with for a while like with the movie Um, but they carried it out to the end they made all the stories basically they had it in a cohesive storyline and plot Um, and yeah most of them resembled the book Mm -hmm. which is obviously it's not an easy thing but they did it yeah. So it makes me wonder why other people didn't stay more with the book. And I know that the changes for the sake of narrative, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's just too much where it doesn't, it's not even interesting. Right. You know? So I'd say that. Um, and like the Hunger Games is pretty good. Uh, I didn't read a series of unfortunate events, but I did really like the TV show. Ooh, and I think that yeah. using, like you said, maybe a TV show was a much better way to. Uh, tell a storyline that is over the span of several books as opposed to just a couple movies. And I think it has to be, like it can't just be a TV show, like it has to be either an Amazon, Netflix, like it has to be a premium TV show Mm, because I think a lot of the shows that are coming out on like network TV they're cheap yeah they're they're cheap yeah they're they're just like falling below the bar set by I feel like CW is kind of like a weird middle ground the, you know? yeah. I think they're they a poster child the, that. yeah, yeah they used to be the ones right. where like yeah it's well, pretty decent and we'll take what we can get but now we can get better I mean, yeah the, the 100 yeah. is a is a book adaptation oh, uh, really? oh. doing really well hmm. on the CW um, we yeah. speaking of Lord of the Rings we're coming upon a Lord of the Rings TV show which will be very interesting because it's hoping to like basically match Game of Thrones technology quality Mm -hmm. and if that does really well I think we're going to see an influx of TV rather than movie adaptations of these beloved stories and I think uh, we were talking before about um, like the when we're doing our MCU topic Mm -hmm. uh, we were talking about the Wheel of Time and the Wheel of Time I believe is actually an Amazon show that they're they're working on Uh, so that'll be it'll be interesting to see if that can kind of capture uh, something some of the things that makes Game of Thrones special be able to capture the interest there I don't know if the if the Lord of the Rings TV show that you're talking about is about the Lord of the Rings storyline it might be no I know but it's in that universe okay so um and I think a lot of people are, are trying to chase that uh, medieval fantasy. Uh, yeah. We need our fix. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. right now there isn't really, with Game of Thrones gone, there really isn't anything in its place. And, and HBO is moving on from it. Their next big series is Watchmen, actually. Yeah. 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 Um, which will be interesting. Well, they're doing a prequel series, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're in I think they, production. I, didn't they drop the prequel series for, for Game of Game, Thrones? No, they, they, they have one in production right oh. now, and it has... Uh, the guy who played young Grindelwald in the Harry Potter movies, and he was also Jace in the Mortal Instruments. In the movie, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, my picks 
Um, I'm trying to think. I I, I, I want to mention them simply because even though they're brought up, I think they can't be understated. Hunger Games and Harry Potter. You know, I think that those, um, just like they they did when we're talking about things that make a successful adaptation um when we're saying for the beginning the feeling and like part of it for both hunger games and harry potter very spot on um yeah you're gonna miss out on some details but they got basically all the most important bits mm -hmm. yeah you're gonna have more character building in the books but they harry potter and uh hunger games did a great job of really diving deep into the characters specifically right. and really expanding upon those and you really really felt connected and emotionally attached to these characters mm -hmm. um hunger games i think is most impressive for its intensity as a very intense series and is a, a captured beautifully by how it was shot um they kind of did a shift after the first movie and how yeah. it was shot and i thought actually the first movie was my least favorite out of all of them believe it or not That's not for story wise but production wise mm -hmm. um i found they f i feel like they really found their footing in the second ones and i just remember after that the intensity was pe uh, captured perfectly the acting was freaking spot on and it had me so invested i left the second movie shook where they really had that hook that brings you into the third book mm. and really 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 good stuff and some of my favorite movie experiences uh I was really happy to be able to see all those movies in theaters because I was too young to see Harry Potter in the theaters when they were first coming out. Mm. I saw four on in in theaters. I did not miss a movie after four, but um, I was kind of in an awkward age where I was totally old enough to see the first two, but then the third one, I wasn't quite old enough. Mm -hmm. So like I had to delay on watching the third one because it got way more... I think that went from PG to PG-13, so it got yeah. actually literally more dark um but yeah those movies can't go understated in their adaptations easily some of my favorites very few people are upset with those yeah you can nitpick all you want about those but when it comes down to it you're just going to miss out stuff from book to movies especially mm -hmm. you know um but a couple of things that we haven't mentioned that i think that um should really be impressed um marvel as a whole has done a really good job of capturing these heroes especially when you compare it to dc but one of the things that i want to focus on which we haven't really touched on yet is taking characters from an adaptation and actually changing them for the better mm. you know when we see characters like tony stark who was an important part of marvel but now he was made the the front center of this Marvel Universe. In fact, now the comics resemble the movie version of Tony Stark mm -hmm. because people begin to favor him. Yeah. Look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, fairly different than the adaptations, but honestly, not a lot of people knew about them. So they saw the opportunity and made it to something that everybody knew that they would love while still... Um, keeping some of the original concepts mm -hmm. in mind to not just totally forget where they, their roots but made them into some of the most beloved superheroes today that we never heard of five years ago sure. yeah. you know um, and that's impressive you know that I think that that shouldn't be something that's not talked about um, and something that kind of combines all of the things I was talking about into I think probably my favorite adaptation um, and into one of the more troublesome areas right next to video game adaptations is anime adaptations. And the one that really does it for me, which you watched with me, was Erased. And Erased um, was an anime, single season anime. I can't recommend it enough. It was really good. Is that one that I watched with you guys? Yes, I'm pretty yeah. sure you watched the anime. I don't think you watched the... the did I watch the live action one? I, I don't think, I think you did. I watched the movie for Full Metal. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I watched. Um, but the 
I think that anime as a whole is missing out on a lot of single season sh uh, stories. I think that a lot of them are being obsessed with the multi-series. And when I'm talking multi-series, when you look at the longest running things like Bleach and One Piece, we're talking into the hundreds of episodes. Yeah. Like, forget The Office. This is way longer than The Office. And it's like so intimidating for someone who wants to get into it. Like, look at Dragon Ball Z. I can't imagine trying to jump into the world of Dragon Ball Z at this point. Where do you even freaking start? It's crazy big. Yeah. Um, Naruto's another big one. Like, mm -hmm. just like, even if they're not continuing the single storyline, they're doing all these offshoot stories and just all these things. Like, it's impossible to jump into these things, it feels like. So I appreciate these smaller, even one season like fi like finite stories like I don't think there's enough of them you know I get you want to make money and franchise the crap out of stuff but um, you need those good one like short stories to kind of just like get people's like feet wet into stuff and to kind of do a quick binge you know Erased you could binge an entire day you can't do that with most anime you know mm -hmm. um, and it does a really good job of telling a really uh, neat and intriguing story really effectively with fantastic characters um, the only thing that keeps Erased being in like my like my favorite top three anime is the ending was a bit lackluster Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of things suffer from this where they have a great uh, beginning, great middle, and they kind of set themselves up for failure by how much hype they brought into it, and then the ending just could not compel. Now, there was a bad ending, it was just an underwhelming ending. It's gotcha. like, okay, whatever. That being said, in comes the adaptation brought to you by Netflix. Not a movie, also a TV show. So actually following basically pace for pace with the the, the show, which is kind of interesting because we don't see a lot of ad uh, adaptations that get to benefit from that, where they get to go the same pace. When we look at books, the movies, much quicker pace. Yeah. Even TV shows, still quicker pace. Like, books are slow as crap in comparison. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, I, I remember watching the first, and you watched it with me, the first episode of Erased, uh, the, the live-action one, mm -hmm. and there were so many scenes where I remember from Record of Election, like, this is a shot-for-shot shot scene. Like, mm -hmm. they took the time to get some of those more iconic scenes and do them shot-for-shot, shot. and it was it was everything you wanted from someone who loves an original piece to see in an adaptation, because it mm. just brings everything back and just feels so warm. And once they did a lot of, lot of that, they kind of branched off a little bit more, and... One thing that they did, which is so impressive, is that my least favorite part about the original anime was the ending. And they fixed it in the adaptation. They made the ending good. Um, the one thing that they did to do this, however, is that they took out probably about an episode's worth of character building and put it towards the ending so they could have more time to bring you up to the ending and, like, totally different ending plot but then also they gave more attention to it which made sense because the ending essentially in the first anime is like a 10-12 episode series is like one half maybe two episodes for the ending so okay, no, very I, short I definitely watched the live action one with you guys okay cool Yeah. so the ending in the live action was like four episodes yeah, I remember so it much better like third act essentially yeah. um, and it's completely different makes a, makes a lot more sense holds a lot more weight in a much better like finality to it you know um however it definitely lacks some of the character building that you see from the original anime but you know what they don't destroy it they still maintain a good amount of it and if you want to like know more about the characters then you can watch the anime so i think that they found a really good place for them to exist replicating a lot of things we love and then bring something new to the table mm -hmm. and i think that that's a 
perfect recipe for good yeah. adaptation. So that's probably my favorite, honestly. Those are good, yeah. I think I would just I would just have to I have to echo Lord of the Rings again. Yeah. I mean like and <laughs> Can't I, be understood, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to think of things where I'm actually familiar with the original source material because mm-hmm. like that's I I enjoyed Harry Potter, but I've never touched the yeah. books ever. And that's I didn't fair. I didn't even watch Harry Potter for the first time until like a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So same. Um, so uh, Lord of the Rings is one and then um, series of unfortunate events I actually read those books when I was younger and they were like my favorite so the also t- great the TV example of narration in yeah yeah in, yeah. like the TV show on Netflix is like spot on for, for the books um, and the places like, like the Lord of the Rings the places where they do change things it makes sense because it's a limited series and it's not it's just it's a different media so you have to change certain things mm-hmm. um, and then like you said with comic book stuff it's a little bit different because with comic book adaptations you're not always looking for it to be um, like you're not always looking for the similarity in the plot necessarily it's really more character driven you want to see that the characters are the same because mm-hmm. you can tell whatever story you want really um so I think my one of my favorites is Daredevil, the TV show, mm-hmm. which is like Charlie Cox's Matt as Matt Murdock is like perfect, like canon. It's, to me. it's exactly like that is him. Um, so like I feel a way towards him that people probably do towards like Tony Stark with you know Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just. It, other than a couple of little things, it's just it's perfect. Um, and even with it being canceled, like just the way they, they the way they handled it, um, the way they the the type of cinematography and the type of grittiness that they chose to to roll with for that was perfect. I love the very stylistic, high quality look that they did for that show. Yeah, they did it justice. I was I was a little upset with the original Daredevil suit in season one, but they like immediately yeah. fix it in the second season, and all they did was like recap the the helmet and mm. it, was, it was perfect so um but yeah that and then shazam the new shazam movie was like like how that like it looks like just looking at it it looked like it would be one of the more difficult superheroes to adapt mm-hmm. because the dynamic between a kid turning into an adult superhero is kind of like you know what how do you do that but then once they did it it was like this is one of the most unique superhero movies that have ever come out and it like it was awesome yeah so we really enjoyed that movie that was yeah. good make sure you watch our spoiler cast for that uh, movie yeah you know shameless plug really yeah. good <laughs> also, shout out to Scott Pilgrim uh, yes oh thank well, you for that the only oh. reason the only reason I didn't mention Scott Pilgrim is because I have no idea I haven't, about the comics yeah I haven't read the original so, source I, I have okay um, and it is like there are a lot longer like they trimmed it all the way down like there's a lot that happens afterwards um but uh and i didn't read them before the movie came out like i had to go back afterwards and i'm gonna go back to that point in a minute but reading the the comic books it's all it's like almost word for word and shot for shot like watching the movie so they did a really solid out of like you know, uh, aside from being just like a phenomenal movie, yeah. it's also like a really good adaptation. Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies. And here's here's where I'm gonna plug, uh, like a thing. I used to be like a diehard read the book first and then go see the movie. I'm actually gonna recant, recant that Ooh. because I think that there's a lot to be gained from watching the movie first and like not having like a preconceived mm-hmm. notion about what it should be and then going and then experiencing the books and having like it's like uh 
starting from like a slightly lower point probably uh-huh. and then going upwards rather than going the other right. way around so you get to enjoy yeah. it yeah it's a different it's a better order for enjoying all of them together I, I did a similar not sorry not to cut you off I did a similar thing with Hunger Games where I didn't finish the last book mm-hmm. I stopped halfway I watched the last movie being the second half of the last book first before reading the rest of the book because I loved how emotionally driven and serious the movies were mm-hmm. and I wanted to have that shock value of not knowing how it's going to end and it was a really cool experience yeah, so. yeah. I did the same thing. Well, I did the same thing that you're talking about. Where with the Harry Potter books and movies, I actually watched the movies first because I had the mindset. You know, if I read the books now, I'm gonna be like, oh, they left out all this stuff. Because Harry Potter's a lot of content. Yeah, but I watched the movies first, and then I went and read the books, and it was just like, oh, there's so much more of it now. Yeah. I can just like indulge myself yeah. now with the like the the really thick books. Basically. So I'm really looking forward to George R. R. Martin finishing the series, so I can yeah. appreciate how much better the series is than yeah, the last couple true. seasons of Game of Thrones. So like if if we're like not cons- like if we're if I'm gonna like list some more favorites where I'm not familiar with the source material, mm-hmm. another recent favorite of mine was the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Really? I thought the Umbrella the Umbrella Academy was awesome. I, I really enjoyed I the first season. Are big fans. Of it. Yeah, I really enjoyed the first season of it on Netflix. I have never touched the comics, but I thought the TV show was really good. Okay. Um. <laughs> You, you disagree? I was bored. Oh, okay. <laughs> Show. I thought it was but, great. Uh, any, anyone else have uh, ones where they uh, watched the movies or the show first and um, went back and consumed the uh, mm, I don't read material? as much as I'd like to. I did so for no. Harry Potter 2 as well, actually. Harry Potter? Yeah. Okay. But that was... Yeah, because I never actually finished the Harry Potter books. I read 1 through 4. Mm. Um and I watch those way after the movies. Um, and I'm just bad at reading books. So it's no disregard to the books. They're amazing. i just bad at reading. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that would be kind of nice to finish off of, I was thinking about, is like redemption. Like what bad ad- adaptations do you think deserves another go to have a good one and why? Uh, that's good spawn. Spawn. I don't know why that. I don't know why I mean, that I mean, immediately comes to mind. Well, it's a, it's a weird give, one. Give a little but, history yeah. on that because not many people know about that. Spawn. So. Well, Spawn is one of the more popular comic book characters that belongs to neither Marvel or DC. I think mm, they're Dark yeah. Horse mm. with Hellboy. Um, Ooh, but Hellboy. And mm. Hellboy's another one. And but I think the original Hellboy movies were good. Yeah. The first no, two. I think, I think and the new one like. that came out was crap. So that's interest. That's an interesting thing. Yeah. But um. The trajectory that yeah. Yeah, it goes backwards. Yeah. But the spawn, the original Spawn movie, was also really bad. Um. But I think Spawn is is, is an interesting enough character where that that should be given. They are shot making easily. Movie for it, so. Yeah, and there have been some. So there could be redemption going coming. back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I don't know why that popped into my head, but that's just, that's just one I'm thinking yeah. of. Probably because of the Mortal Kombat 11 news that you mm, posted, where yeah. he's, he's going to be a character. Yeah. I mean, probably Aragon. Yeah, it would yeah. be it would be really nice to see like one of the major you know streaming services take. I was going to say, what if they did a TV show this time? Right. Yeah. Um, so either I think I think it would have to be either Netflix <coughs> or Amazon because mm-hmm. I don't see Hulu really picking that one up uh, mm. to to kind of run with that or and I I'm not sure that it's. Uh, like I think it's a little too light. Like it's it's kind of a darker. It's like a darker series, but I don't think it's 
like dark enough for HBO to really want to take a crack at it or stars or you know uh, yeah. Cinemax or any of those um, so yeah I think I think Netflix would probably do that one justice Aragon uh, if they yeah. if they decided to remake Aragon yeah. Percy Jackson oh my you, gosh would, would it be worth it would it be I, worth it I think it's too soon right now yeah um because they did did just they make a third one see, I could have sworn no, they made no. a, okay. just, it was just, just seeing monsters yeah. right please yeah. let the, uh, let there be and the second one was my favorite book too so I was like no I don't even want to be let down I was like I was like sort of tempted but I was like no I like I was so freaking I want to point it. out Nathan Fillion as Hermes in the second one was gold I liked that a lot he was a UPS guy so <laughs> I appreciate that I mean uh, from what I've heard the second one is actually a lot better yeah I believe it is it, um, is it just one of those things where like on principle you're just not going to watch yeah. it yeah, like I, I don't respect them for how they treat the story as a very blatant cash grab at the sake of ruining one of my favorite book series. They done it dirty. Mm, yeah, fair. So um, sorry, not sorry. So but yeah, I like them to see a fresh start. You know, that'd be cool. Maybe do like a again. We're coming back to this. I think really where uh, adaptations shine is TV shows. Yeah, like so. if they it do, is nowadays, they yeah. do a really solid job. Yeah. I think it can really give because like especially books. Like comic books, you can probably fit like a comic book storyline into a movie, but if you do it in a TV show, like you can really do like a deep dive on character development, um, like production. Like people know that TV shows can be profitable now, so they can put a lot more right. funding behind it. Yeah. Well, I think that Honestly. how people are doing movies are doing it wrong. For instance, I think something that's doing it right, regardless of how the movie turned out, as far as the overall scope goes, the. Um, um, geez, I'm forgetting the name. Um, Alchemist? No. Um, what? Yeah, that anime with Alchemist. Full Metal, Full Metal Alchemist? Alchemist? Oh, my word. Really? Wow. I, I can't really sit next to you. You, he switch. Wow. So, so Full please, Metal at William. Yeah. <laughs> no, Full Metal Alchemist, the, the new uh, movie, even though some people question whether it was a good ad adaptation or not, what I do like most about it is that it didn't try to tackle the entire se series. Mm. In fact, tried to tackle the first act of the whole overarching series yeah, which was smart. to go for like a trilogy more movies should do that you know rather yeah. than try to take the entire thing on An know? another one I'd like to see a go at is Green Lantern oh. I mean which I'm I think we're guaranteed <laughs> to have app have happen eventually yeah but that that along with Fantastic Four it, yeah yeah I mean but I think those are all kind of givens like yeah. those are all going to happen but say, you're just like Marvel has a really good shot at making a decent Fantastic Four movie yeah, yeah especially now that they have a universe they don't like they don't have to do they have a lot of uh, really good excuses to introduce them in fact the Russo brothers specifically haven't taken an interest to making Fantastic Four movies which we know yeah, would basically would would be back. the most given possible that it would be good you know well, one of my favorite theories for that just just to get a little go yeah. deeper with that is yeah. that um, the these weird like force that turns them into the Fantastic Four could come from the snap Mm -hmm. Like that's my favorite theory about yeah. that. Yeah, that, that that and that's that being where mutants come from because yeah. of the gamma it's, radiation. Exactly. I think it's yeah. already yeah. happening. This Spider-Man Far From Home with the uh, Doctor Mysterio. Oh, the the Mysterio. multiverse. Yeah, multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting until I actually see that movie because I've heard I've heard a lot of theories now where it's like you can't trust Mysterio. So I wonder if you can trust anything he says, including mm -hmm. the idea of multiverses. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, please let multiverses be real. <laughs> like it would solve so many of Marvel's problems going forward as far as what to do next well I mean um, even though it wasn't 
Disney Marvel, it was Sony Marvel that did it with um, the... Uh, I can't believe you're forgetting it right now. No. Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, into the, yeah. I was about to say, into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> William, go home. <laughs> um, well, I think, but yeah, no, but uh, with those, that was a great way to introduce a multi-universe thing successfully because that can get really confusing really fast, yeah. like time travel, you know? So. Although, I will admit, when I saw Into the Spider-Verse, I was confused for the first 30 minutes of the movie. Well, yeah, but that, let me get mad at the end. Not to be like the buzzkill, but like, I How many was times confused. you watch a movie halfway and think, oh yeah, I understand everything. No, but like, I literally like was like, okay, how does this make sense? Makes you but, feel. It makes you feel like your mom is like, "What is this? Who are those?" Yeah, characters? I did. Why is this happened. I was yeah, like, "Why is like, Spider-Man no, blonde?" Just, I'm <laughs> just here. I'm seeing the movie for the first time. <laughs> no, I think. I mean, this is the topic for another day. Hint, yeah. hint. Um, but I think Spider Verse was the best Spider-Man movie we have. So okay, yeah. I'd say for uh, just a quick thing for my favorite adaptation that I would want to see happen, or at least one of them. Oh yeah, ones that haven't happened yet. Ooh. That would be cool. Uh, Rangers Apprentice. I, I no love those books. I thought they were really good. They had great characters. They had a really cool world, and I think that it's enough um, fantasy like that it could. Uh, that I think it could really take off. You know, I think it would make a decent TV show. Yeah. So. My my redemption, I won't talk about it too much because I've talked so much about it on the podcast specifically, is Death Note. Dude, please. Oh, live action. Yeah, that was... And, that and the was reason why I say Death Note and the reason why I've been so passionate about it on the podcast is that Death Note as a entity, I think, has one of the most clever and intriguing storylines of any media I've ever seen. It's yeah. what got me into anime, um, and it's still up to this day. I've watched it countless times, forgiving its um, very um, underwhelming ending. The The meat of the story is super impressive, nothing like we've ever seen. It would be super original to s- see in the forefront, and the, the TV, no, the movie adaptation was just extremely lackluster, mostly because it just missed just about everything. Just like the spirit was wrong, the characters were wrong, not by their looks actually, but by how they were acted and how they seemed like actually different characters. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but they were um, hypocritical of themselves about their newfound characters in the movie, which was extremely aver- aggravating. Mm-hmm. But that storyline deserves a proper adaptation and it would have me the most excited because it's something that's fresh hasn't really been introduced into mainstream media and deserves to be done right and it hasn't been done yet so I would love to see retribution for Clash of the Titans another one for me Mm. If I'm gonna, as, I as, love a, Greek as a redo, mytho- as a redo, yeah. I love Greek mythology, but both of those movies were just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. William, do you have one that hasn't been done yet that you'd like to see done? Mm. Um, it's a good question. I'm trying to think of some of my favorite animes because I think everybody's a bit skittish on animes right now because there's been so many flops when it comes to anime adaptations or they're just me and or actually let me think um, <laughs> I, I changed my mind yeah, but animes aside even a more troublesome category video games I would love a good video game movie yeah, yeah. I would love Detective to see Pikachu. a really gritty in the style of Logan for The Last of Us I would love to see a movie for Last of Us and like that. Because I think that that's a good opportunity because I feel like they could branch off from the Last of Us universe, mm-hmm. not stick specifically to that story and people would be okay about it. Like, I think there's a little bit more leeway in that series. Just hire Ellen Page. Well, I mean, here, yeah. <laughs> here, here's the thing. I think that the story of The Last of Us, like, the world itself is, you know, adequate for the storytelling in the game. 
but the actual story of those two characters is what makes The Last of Us special. And I don't think that making a movie... Like, they've been trying to make a movie of it for years mm-hmm. because of how successful it's been. But, like, they just have been unable to get it off the ground. And I think that speaks to the fact that if you don't have Joel and Ellie, like, you... They've already told the story. Right. Like, they, if they wanted to trans... Like, I think there's a, a, a big problem with feeling the need to adapt video games to movies because, like, you're already going through the same sort of process. Like, you're telling a story in a way that you can't really do in a movie mm. where it's environmental storytelling. It's, like, part of... You know, going through the game and like having the experience, uh, like that the character is having while they're having it, um, and I think they've they've already told the story, uh, so rehashing it is only going to take away from what was special about the initial story. That's fair. Um, I think that is definitely a common challenge for a lot of video games specifically. And I think I think the video game movie adaptation needs to die. Oof. I'm, yeah. Well, I know we're 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 upcoming on a very potential coming of the Uncharted for a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Holland's attached, is he? I can't remember. I don't think he is. I thought he was. Um, Tom Holland? Really? I don't think Tom. Holland. I believe he was. That's kind of a weird choice for Uncharted. A young Nathan Drake. Mm. Oh, uh, I did hear that yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is, yeah, it sounds. I did hear okay. that. I don't know why. I'm yeah, skeptical, that's, but that's, I'm willing to swing with it. I'm surprised you haven't heard about, about this. No, like, I, I haven't. I, I would think you'd be all over this. No, I, I, I'm surprised I haven't heard. The of only uncharted news I'm familiar with is that Nathan Fillion did a like a YouTube. Oh, yeah. mini. He actually yeah. did like a really fun, yeah. uh, short. That was great. For quality. But yeah, so that's something we're likely to see. You know. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that there is a lot of opportunities, even though it is a challenge. I think there is yeah. a lot of good opportunities for video I game mean, adaptations. I mean, I'm always, like I said earlier, I'm always game for an adaptation. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think I understand what Gordon's saying is where it's like video games are becoming so much their own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that it's like adapting them kind of just feels like moving from one thing that's. It doesn't feel like you're like it is. It's not like book to movie where they're radically different, and it's almost like you're. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost like you're upgrading when you go to a movie, kind of as far as consumability. Well, would you feel like it would be better to take a universe and create a new story from that universe rather than trying to replicate a story? So, like, what so like you, a licensed uh, right? Yeah. So, what if you say you made an Elder Scrolls story? I like was, it had. I was thinking about that earlier. I don't know how that. I don't know how that would work. I don't think you could brand it really, like, because because the thing is. Uh, they tried that with the Warcraft. Movie. I was going to say yeah, that, yeah. Um, where it's like, it's not, like, it's connected, but the thing is, it doesn't, like, the brand recognition is the whole thing that's tying it together. Like, it doesn't stand on its own. Gotcha. So you could tell these stories and, like, tie it into the universe, but it has to stand on its own feet if it's going to be successful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Wesley, do you have a, a wish list? <laughs> of ones, uh, I mean, like Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see them. I, I mean, like I said, I can't wait to. I'm really excited for the new, like whatever they do with Wolverine in the future. Wouldn't mm. it be really cool for their? This is kind of related. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be really cool to have like a a different take on the X Men from like the students' perspective, rather from like the teachers slash heroes' perspective, but have it from like the kids looking up at like these people. So like a young mutants kind of. Yeah, but like like a high school uh, 
powers kind of yeah like but, but done kind of like done like, properly because I know it's my kind of here academia kind of yeah no it would be similar to that <laughs> sky high <laughs> no not sky high hey, I, I love you sky high wait do we all love it except yes. for him yeah <laughs> sky high was amazing I think that's one of my one of my more like more liked Disney movies uh I'd like you guys to rewatch it and to I watch it all the time. Okay. Yeah. All right. I do watch it in my head. (laughs) Side. Well, I can definitely agree that Sky High is far better than Zoom. Uh, Yeah, I had forgotten about it until you just. Thanks a lot, Will. Yeah. Oh no. The Sky High light. (laughs) Yup. All right. I mean, that's all I got. Yeah. No. Good. I'm pretty happy with this conversation. I think we could go on, but I think I think. Uh, this has been a good send off. Yeah. yeah. I think we did really well. Gonna miss him. Wesley. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna miss me too. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. No, but we'll definitely have um, you on content whenever we can, even though we'll be limited. And obviously, your input is always valuable to us. Yeah. So. Everything sucks. Redo it. <laughs> <laughs> Let the past die. <laughs> Kill it if you have to. Yeah, yeah. I want a new redemption of a geek kind yeah. thing company. This needs to be redone. Can we turn it off and turn it back on again? <laughs> Do an adaptation of a podcast. Yeah. The last two years never happened. We're just starting from scratch. Oh. Mm. Uh, but yes, thank you for being on Inconceivable with us. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm sure, like, it's the last for now, but never say never. Who knows? Maybe if I come down to Texas sometime, I can bring the podcast down. Ooh, very oh, special I wonder if my fiance would like that. <laughs> <laughs> you better run that fire first. <laughs> I'm bringing down the show to you. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we have today. Thanks for joining us on this awesome episode of Inconceivable. Uh, make sure you follow us on all of our social stuff, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, make sure you check out our website at geekkind.tv where you can see all of our content. Make sure you're following us on YouTube, especially for this coming Friday's pilot of the Geek Kind Show. Um, and until the next time we see you around, stay kind, geeks. Inconceivable! Welcome back to the quickest podcast ever, brought to you by Kohl's. Today's topic, Father's Day. Yep, just got 25% off some champion t-shirts at Kohl's. My dad is all about staying active. Sounds terrific. <laughs> Was that a dad joke? It felt fitting. Like the yard games I got from my husband. They were 50% off and I got Kohl's cash. It's the best feeling, isn't it? What, the deals or the Kohl's cash? Or getting it in less than an hour with free store pickup. Well, all the above. Select style, sale ends June 20th. Coupons do not apply to champion. See store or kohls.com for details. Support for this episode has been provided by George Washington's Mount Vernon. Offering 160 wide-open, wanderable acres, Mount Vernon invites you to connect with over 200 years of history. 
far more than a mansion. The first president's estate is home to four picturesque gardens and shaded woodland trails, even a cruise of the Potomac River. Visit mountvernon.org to learn more. To save 20% on tickets, use promo code OPEN.